Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hello, this is Dr. Ken Schmader, Director of the Geriatric Research Education and Clinical Center, or CRAC, and Associate Chief of Staff for Geriatrics at the Durham VA Medical Center. I am a geriatrician, general internist, and Duke Professor of Medicine. The topic of this podcast is hospitalization-associated disability. Let's start with a patient who illustrates this condition. This is an 82-year-old man with a history of hypertension, diabetes mellitus, prostatic hypertrophy, osteoporosis, chronic low back pain, who is taking 10 medications. He's living alone with his dog. His daughter lives about 30 minutes away, usually visits three to four times a week, and brings him dinner. He's independent in his basic activities of daily living, or ADLs, and his instrumental ADLs, and driving short distances often goes to church regularly. He developed the acute onset of fever, cough, uh, dyspnea, and fatigue, and went to the emergency department. He was found to have right lung basilar crackles, an elevated white count, right lower level infiltrates on chest x-ray, and diagnosed with community-acquired pneumonia. He was admitted to hospital, started on broad-spectrum IV antibiotics. His symptoms, his fever, his white count, they all improved within two to three days, but he continued to have marked fatigue. He stayed in bed. He had poor appetite and oral intake, mild confusion for a couple days, and had a very slow recovery. He was eventually discharged to a rehabilitation facility needing help with walking, dressing, and bathing. This case vignette is unfortunately a common scenario. An older adult living independently at home develops an acute illness requiring hospitalization. During hospitalization, the acute medical issues are treated successfully, but the patient is discharged with a major new disability. The objectives of this presentation are to define and recognize the importance of hospitalization-associated disability, to learn how to assess, prevent, and manage hospitalization-associated disability, with the ultimate goal to help you and your patients deal with this critical issue. Hospitalization-associated disability is defined as the new loss of at least one basic ADL that develops between the onset of the acute illness and discharge from the hospital. It most commonly affects older people. At least 30% of patients older than 70 years and hospitalized for medical illness are discharged with a new ADL disability. In fact, one year after discharge, more than half of these individuals remain disabled, and rates of nursing home placement and death are high in this population. Now, some acute illnesses in and of themselves are an obvious cause of new or worsened disability, a major stroke or hip fracture, for example. Yet most individuals with hospitalization-associated disability have an insidious illness who experience disability even though the underlying acute illness is treated successfully. So what factors contribute to this condition? First, with aging, the physiologic reserve to withstand threats, such as an acute illness, declines. This is known in the literature as homeostenosis. Furthermore, older individuals may experience other conditions that further reduce reserve and increase vulnerability. For example, poor premorbid functional status or poor mobility, cognitive impairment, or living alone. So the combination of the acute illness, the hospitalization, and this diminished reserve triggers the decline. Although hospitalization-associated disability results in part from the illness, hospital processes independently play a role both in inhibiting recovery of functional loss and or in accelerating additional functional decline during hospitalization. 
And what are those specific processes? Well, one is physical inactivity. Most hospitalized older adults spend the majority of time in bed. Even short periods of bed rest accelerate the muscle wasting. Inadequate food and fluid intake leads to undernutrition and dehydration. Poor sleep is a frequent problem. Frequent staph disruptions due to blood draws and vital sign checks. Noise or brightness leading to insomnia. Cognitive impairment is very important. The both processes and the illnesses lead to delirium. Enforced dependency, polypharmacy, and iatrogenic events are also important processes. What can physicians do to prevent and manage hospitalization-associated disability? Well, first, it's good to incorporate a simple functional assessment as part of your history and exam to identify older adults most likely to develop disability. This can be done on admission and daily rounds. The elements include basic ADLs, know how they're doing with bathing, dressing, transferring, using the toilet, and walking. The nurses and nursing notes are very helpful here. Mobility. Ask the patient to sit up in bed without assistance. Get out of bed and stand and walk a few steps. See what they can do. Cognition. Besides the usual orientation questions, assess memory with a three-item recall and attention with repetition of seven, seven items such as a seven-item digit span. Now let's talk about interventions. For physical inactivity, avoid bed rest orders. You can include orders for a patient to be out of bed and chair for meals if they are able. Uh, limit restraints. Uh, periodically review the need for restraints uh, during the day. Also, a daily review of the need for intravenous connections, oxygen, and bladder catheters. Limited indications for bladder catheters to urinary retention and institute voiding trials early. You can also consult the STRIDE service, available as an order in CPRS. STRIDE is a unique supervised walking program for hospitalized veterans at the Durham VA. The dedicated STRIDE physical therapist does an initial evaluation, and then the recreation therapist assistant does walking up to 20 minutes daily until discharge. STRIDE reduces length of stay and increases discharge to home compared to similar patients who do not receive STRIDE, and the veterans love it. It was developed by a geriatrician in the GREC, Dr. Nikki Hastings, who is now the director of the Durham Health Services Research and Development Service. For undernutrition, pay attention to whether patients are eating adequately. This should include attention to actual intake, assurance that food is available when the patients are on the ward, availability of food from home, and minimization of food by mouth and restrictive diet orders. The dietary service and nursing services are very helpful disciplines here, of course, and, and not to mention the family. For insomnia, limit nighttime blood draws and vital sign checks. Use behavioral and non-pharmacological sleep protocols. And it's good to minimize or avoid use of psychoactive medications, especially anticholinergics like diphenhydramine and benzodiazepines like lorazepam. Finally, encouraging active participation in ADLs to reduce enforced dependency, daily review and discontinuation of useless or harmful medications, and delirium prevention protocols are very important. It takes a highly motivated team to prevent disability, so it's not just physicians. Nursing, physical therapy, occupational therapy, pharmacy, social work, and nutrition is also very important. So I'll wrap up by saying that if uh, you're interested in reading about this further, check out the outstanding article in JAMA 2011 by Ken Kavinsky et al. entitled Hospitalization Associated Disability. The views and opinions stated during this podcast are my own and do 
not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Department of Veterans Affairs or Durham VA Hospital.